0: This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media. Thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au.
1: Today, His overpowering and blazing justice is hidden. It is ignored. It is marked. (laughs) But then... Is going to terrify them when it's revealed. Today, His divinity is denied even by church leaders, even by clergy from the pulpits denying the divinity of Christ. Oh, but then they're going to bow to Him.
0: This is Leading the Way with author of the new book, Hope for This Present Crisis, Dr. Michael Youssef. Today, Dr. Yusuf continues his encouraging series, The End of History and You, looking at the coming judgment of God and how Jesus will take his position as righteous judge over all creation. Before he begins, we know that sometimes your situation will prevent you from listening to the entire message. That's why we make it a priority to place each and every message in the archives at ltw.org. Listen and learn more about leading the way while you're there. LTW.org. But since you're here, listen with me and friends around the world to Dr. Michael Yusuf as he takes you to Second Thessalonians.
1: Whenever someone wrongs us, the first reaction, human nature the way it is, the first thought that hit us is revenge. Right? How are we personally going to avenge the wrong that is done to us? How are we going to hit back even harder than we are hit? (laughs) How are we going to pay back double or triple or more? (laughs) And then we conjure and we plan retribution. How are we going to do this? In fact, we talk about sweet revenge. (laughs) You hear people joke, but behind the joking there is seriousness. I don't get mad, I get even. Uh, some wise person said, listen carefully, he said, your enemies are a very valuable asset as long as you refrain from striking back at them. You say, well, well, how come? Because they keep you on the alert when you might otherwise become spiritually lazy. I can testify to the fact that having critics and having false accusers can keep us spiritually strong. In fact, a pastor friend of mine from Southern California, and he often used to say, he said, Michael, when they kick you in the rear end, rejoice, because that means you're in front of them. <laughs> Why are harassers and false accusers and critics are good for us? Why? Because they keep us on the knees of prayer for them. I want you to turn with me to verse 5 of chapter 1. And here's the Apostle Paul, here's what he's saying. He's saying that all of this unjust suffering is actually testifying to the fact of your incredible reward that you're going to receive on that great day. It's a great indication about that inheritance that you're going to receive on that great day. But I want to stop here and I want you to listen for a minute because a lot of people get confused about this. The Bible never, never, never tries to gloss over evil. The Bible never tries to pretend that evil does not exist. That's not in the scripture. The Bible never says that God winks at evil. No, 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 no. The Bible calls evil evil evil. The Bible calls suffering, suffering. The Bible calls pain, pain. And what the Bible said is that when believers suffer unjustly, when believers experience crushing circumstances that is beyond their control, when believers are baptized by fire, not only will God be with them And present in a very special way. Not only that he will strengthen them. In a way they have never experienced before. But God will not overlook the injustice that has taken place. In fact, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 verses 5 to 10. Just those five verses. Paul is saying that when the Lord returns. And history comes to an end. When he comes to bring history to conclusion. When Jesus the Savior becomes Jesus the judge and sits on the bench, everything that you see right now is going to be turned upside down. Today people are calling good evil and evil good, but on that day, good will be good and evil will be evil. Everything that has made you sorrowful because of injustice, the injustice in it, is going to become topsy-turvy. In fact, the Apostle Paul answers three questions in these five verses, and I want to share those questions with you. He's answering them to the Thessalonians. He's answering them to all of us. The first question is this, when will God vindicate the believers and judge the non-believers? Secondly, who will be punished? And thirdly, what form will that punishment take? Now let's look at these questions and, and Paul's answers to them from the Word of God. When will God vindicate the believers and and judge the wicked and those who have rejected Him? Uh, We saw in the last message that Christ's return will bring the history to a climax. Christ's return will bring an end to the opportunities that everyone has today of repenting and turning to Him and receive the gift of salvation and eternal life. There's going to be an end when the door will be shut and the opportunity is no more. God is not going to just feel sorry for people and let them in. He's giving them the opportunity now. He's giving them the invitation now. He is saying, come to me now. The hour is now. The moment is now. But the day is going to come when that opportunity is gone. Christ's return will be a moment of great separation. The return of Christ will cause the world to turn upside down. Please hear me (laughs) right. Right here and now, if you have any spiritual sensitivity, you have to agree with the fact that the glory of Jesus is hidden right now. It is hidden. People can't see it. Right now, those who love Jesus are harassed in every way. Right here and now, Jesus' name is used as a swear word by Hollywood types. Every believer today feels the burden. If they don't feel it personally, they feel it for others. But even believers in the Lord Jesus Christ today are not walking in the power of His presence. Ah, but when He splits the eastern sky, He's going to reveal to both believers and non-believers alike He's going to reveal something that they could not even see. We see it through the eyes of faith. We believe it because God said it. The Holy Spirit testified. The Word testify. But we cannot see it with our own eyes. We will on that day. Look at verse 7. He says, He will reveal. The word here, "Apocalypse," means reveal, open, uncover, unveil, something hidden. But then it's not going to be hidden anymore. Can you say apocalypsis with me? Apocalypsis. You got it. Now you can speak Greek. (laughs) It is such a powerful word, I don't want you to miss it. Because you see, today, Jesus' righteous power is hidden from the world. But then, it's going to be fully revealed. Today, His overpowering and blazing justice is hidden. It is ignored. It is mocked. (laughs) But then, (laughs) it's going to terrify them when it is revealed. Today, His divinity is denied even by church leaders, even by clergy from the pulpits. They're denying the divinity of Christ. They even so-called Christians, even those who call themselves born again, they're denying the divinity of Christ, the very corner of the Christian faith. Oh, but then, then they're going to bow to Him. You see, here and now, they act as if they are gods in arrogance and haughtiness. But then they will cry to the rocks and to the mountains, and they will run from mountain to mountain, and say to the rocks, cover us, hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne. Jesus' first coming was in humility, which caused some people to mock him, caused some people arrogantly to make fun of him. But then when they behold him, when he comes with an iron scepter, they will mock him no more. Look at verse 7 again. He will return not alone, he will return with the mighty angels, he will return in blazing fire. Where does Paul get this information? Well, the Holy Spirit gave him to him, but he also takes it as straight out of the mouth of Jesus. Matthew 16, 27, here's what Jesus said about his return. Here's what Jesus said about that day. He said, the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and he will reward each person according to what he has done. You see, Paul did not make up the stuff. <laughs> he takes it right from Jesus, from his lips. But that's not all. That's not all. On the day... He's going to return with flaming fire. You say, what is that flaming fire that Paul is talking about? This is the fire of judgment. Uh, This is the fire of his blazing justice. Uh, This is the fire of consuming and destroying sin. This is the fire... Of the furnace of his avenging his faithful children. This is the fire of his divinity that people denied it and mocked it and refused to believe it. In fact, Paul tells us that on that day, his return will reveal his two sided, twofold justice relief for the faithful and retribution to the non believers. Peace and rest for the believers. Pain and suffering for his enemies. Refreshments for his suffering saints. Revenge for his deniers and false believers. And those who, in apostasy, turn their back on him. He's going to vindicate the believers and judge the unbelievers. The second question is, who will receive this retribution, this judgment? Verses 8 and 9. The word retribution here means full measure. (laughs) Full measure. It's not going to be just partial. It's not going to be just a slap on the wrist. No, 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 no. It's not going to be just a partial. It's going to be full measure. That's what the word means. So who are the recipients of this inexplicable punishment and judgment? All those who have denied him as the only Savior and Lord. All those who have rejected him as the only way to God the Father and to heaven. All those who have mocked, harassed, insulted, and persecuted His faithful believers. But my beloved friend, you must understand, God's punishment is not going to be unruly. It's not going to be willy-nilly. It's not going to be... A hostile judgment, a vindictive judgment. It's God's punishment a judgment is not going to be like somebody goes on a rampage, destroying everything in sight. No, 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 no. Uh, that's how humans react. But God's judgment is going to be perfect judgment. It's going to be perfect, absolutely perfect. And this is why on the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, leave retribution to me, leave Revenge to me because I do a far better job than you are capable of. Because his judgment is perfect. His judgment is complete. His judgment is not arbitrary. His judgment is exacting. His judgment is a righteous judgment. Listen to what John the Baptist said about that day. In Matthew three twelve. He said, his winnowing fork in is his hand. Well... Some of you might not know what a winnowing fork is. <laughs> Back in the old days, when they cut the wheat and they bring it all on the thrashing floor. And with heavy sticks, they will beat the wheat. And then they wait for a windy day, and this long fork, long wooden fork. That's called a winnowing fork. The farmer would just lift up everything off the threshing floor. The windier, the better, because the wind blows away the chaff, all the husk, and the wheat will come on the threshing floor. Now that you understand that, let me read you the full passage from Matthew 3:12. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn, and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. It's not going to die down. So much... For gentle Jesus. So much for the milk toast Jesus that is preached in many a pulpit today. So much for the meek and mild Jesus. Listen to me, beloved. Anyone who preaches only the mercy of Jesus and does not preach the justice of Jesus is preaching a false gospel Amen. and misleading a whole lot of people. Luke twenty-one, twenty-two. Listen to what Jesus Himself said. You see, a lot of people don't want to preach from Luke 21 22. In fact, some people are trying to take it out of their Bible. Some have. They want to cut it out. But here's what Jesus said. He said, His return is going to be a day of vengeance. His return is going to be a day of vindication. His return is going to be a day of just punishment, His return will be a day of controlled judgment. His return is going to be a day of perfect righteousness. His return is going to be a day of perfectly exacting judgment and punishment. Listen, (laughs) you and I know that a faithful and a good judge always gives the exact punishment to fit the crime, and they don't wink at, at crime. But just think about this, how perfect and holy Jesus is As a judge. You see, on that day, not one single person who hated Jesus, persecuted his followers, not one is gonna say, that is not fair. I did not get my affair shake in this. This is not right. Not one. Everybody is going to stand there, especially those who have rejected him and those who persecuted the believers and those who refuse to believe that he is the only way to heaven, are going to say, I got my fair justice. I got my just reward. I deserve this. That's what's going to happen in the last day. It's not going to be like today everybody complaining, oh, it's not fair, this is not fair, and my rights and all that. No, no, no. On that day, All of those who harass the believers, harass the followers of the Lord Jesus, they're going to say, I got my just deserves. When will that day of vindication be when Christ appears in His glory? Who will be punished? All those who have refused to believe that He is the way, the truth, and the only giver of eternal life. All those who have rejected Him and His believers... The third question that Paul answers here: What form of punishment will this take place? Look at verse nine. They will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the majesty of His power. When we think of destruction, like a, these storms, you know, and, and they just destroy a house will be there and and it disappears. That's total destruction. That's not what it means here. They're not going to just disappear. It does not mean that they will be demolished and gone. It does not mean that their suffering is going to come to an end. And that they're going to vanish somehow. In fact, they will be longing to vanish. They really will. They'll be longing if they can disappear. They'll be longing. But what's going to happen is what the word here means. It's that they're going to lose everything that makes existence worthwhile. These lost people will not cease to exist. <laughs> they will experience forever a life of hopelessness, emptiness, and meaninglessness. Their life will have no value, no purpose, and no hope. While they'll be paying for the rejection of Christ, for insulting His followers, His believers are going to be blessed and rewarded for eternity. Verse 10. On that day, He comes to be glorified in His holy people, and to be marveled at, and be marveled at, among all those who have believed. And then Paul goes into the Thessalonians and says, this is including you. And I believe it's not a stretch of the text to say that's including every believer today. This is including you because you believe our testimony to you. According to Philippians 3.21... We will have bodies like Jesus' body after the resurrection. Our character is going to be Christ-like. It's not something to be praying for and longing for and singing about. We will have it. We will have that character be Christ-like. He will be glorified in us and we in Him. Now let me give you a use of translation. What Paul is really trying to say here, okay? Here's what it means. We're going to look at each other on that day. The believers are going to look at each other and say, Can you believe this? (laughs) Did you ever imagine this like this in your wildest imagination? That's who he was trying to tell you. I'm just trying to put him in the vernacular. (laughs) Did you ever think it would be that fantastic? Did you ever think it would be just incredible? Did you ever imagine how wonderful it is? And we say, no, not in even our wildest imagination. And then in verses 11 and 12, he says, Paul is praying that they'll always be encouraged by that day. That they'll always be encouraged and encourage one another. Beloved, we must always, always pray for one another as we look forward to that day to come. Even as we labor, even as we serve, even as we give of ourselves, even as we give of our resources, even as we do all that within our powers, every time we have a breath serving Him, But we look forward to that day, knowing that day is coming. Instead of spending your life filled with anger and bitterness and thought of revenge, instead of spending your life saying, oh, whoa, me, look at me, licking your wounds, instead of having a life of bitterness, remind yourself and others of this great day. Amen? Spend your life praying and encouraging one another by getting ready for this most awesome, amazing, eternal reigning and ruling with Him. In verse 12, he said, For Jesus must begin to be glorified in us here and now. Let Him be glorified in you today. Let Him be glorified in your use of your time. Be glorified in the use of your resources. Let Him be glorified in the use of your testimony. Let Him be glorified in the way you deal with people and and, in relationships.
0: words to consider from dr michael youssef on today's leading the way if today's message has you asking questions about your spiritual journey then do reach out to one of our pastoral care team by filling out a short form at ltw.org jesus ltw.org slash jesus thank you for listening today do join us again next time won't you this program is furnished by leading the way with dr michael youssef Connect through television, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter and all of our social media networks. Learn more at ltw.org. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian
1: Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.